Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I can't believe that I do everything and my husband puts on a tiara for two seconds and gets a ticker tape parade. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Maternal gatekeeping is a problem in many marriages. Mm. With Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. 15% of the work to 30% of the work is, I think, not so great. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we're talking about whether dads should get graded on a curve. This uh, episode topic was suggested to us by uh, Kevin... Madsen of the Hey Dad podcast is going to be joining us in the second half. He'll tell us what he thinks, but we're first of all, you and I are going to nail this down. Yeah, I mean, we're going to solve it before we even talk to him. I think he might have su- suggested the topic, do dads get graded on a curve? And I had to change that to should dads get graded on a curve? Because then otherwise it would be a very short episode. Right. Because it would be like, yes. Yes. Okay. All right, everyone. We'll <laughs> talk to you next week. Bye bye. Right. <laughs> Right. So I, I think we can start from that they do and sort of why that is and and, and, and what it means. So okay. Tom Stocky works for Facebook, took a parental leave when his daughter was born, because I guess Facebook probably thanks to uh, the lean in woman. What's her name? I can't think Cheryl, of her name. Stram- Cheryl Sandberg. Sandberg. So yeah. they have a very liberal and um, non-gender based parental leave policy. And he was home with his daughter for four months. And he wrote a post about it that we'll link to on our show page for this, which is whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. And it went viral because what he was talking about, he, he talked about what he called the ridiculous praise he got for changing a diaper or buying groceries with my daughter. Of course, I take care of my kids. I'm supposed to, you low expectations having yet well-intentioned and undoubtedly nice person. Um, And of course it had like 17 million shares because that's what we're talking about. Not that dads can't do anything, but that they get a ticker tape parade for leaving the house with a diaper bag once in a while or every day in a way that women don't no matter what we do. So let's talk about what what grading on a curve means. I sometimes have luck when I'm trying to write about something to really define because we 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 throw around the term grading on a curve to mean everybody gets an easy A, but it's that's not exactly what it is. It's right it's it's just to define the term. It's that a grade is based not on an absolute one but on a relative one. And it's it's really about defining what's good or very good 
when the average is really not going to be very good at all. So I think, so that's what grading on a curve is. So the next thing we have to define is who's who's grading and when they're grading. The moms are grading, right? The, well, the I think it's three I guess people. the world. I think it's the moms, I think it's the dads, and I think it's the world. Okay. And each of them, when they grade, are using a separate criterion for who's the, who's the average. So we grade them. When moms grade them, we grade them against ourselves in the same house with the same kids doing the same stuff. Our grades are not going to be very good if we're doing more. Want to hear the perfect example of grading on a curve? There's Dr. Joshua Coleman from the Council on Contemporary Families. He said, there's this idea of a lazy husband, but since the 1960s, men have doubled the housework they do from 15% to 30%. Right. But you also have to take into account, I mean, you actually have to take into account what's causing all of this, which is that 50 years ago, many households had an expectation that the male member of the partnership worked and the female member of the partnership raised the kids. So it's not like it's always been mom works hard, dad takes a nap. Like the dynamics of the entire picture are changing so much Back in, I don't know, my grandparents' day, I I don't think either of my grandfathers probably ever changed a diaper. My dad, who worked full-time, changed diapers and did some household stuff, but my mom did the lion's share of it. But nowadays, most people I know, they both work close to an equal amount of time, and so then changing up who's doing the work at home, it's a really different picture. Right. It's lagging, but it's not. So first of all, 15% of the work to 30% of the work is, I think, not so great. Um, And but also it's it's as you say, it's economic reality. It's not this isn't look how look how generous of spirit we're being. It's no. Now there's two often two people working that economic reality is is driving this. This is what I think the trick comes in where both people are working 50% of the time. I mean, my husband and I do have a breakdown of work that makes sense for us in that he does the work that actually pays for our house and our mortgage. I make some money, but not enough to support the household. He may be, I mean, my husband works like a dog, but like, let's say he does 30% of the housework and I do 70%. That would make a lot of sense in our household. But let's go back to to the who's grading who, because that's what matters more than the percentage within the household, because that's only one kind of grading. When we grade our dads and how they're doing, we're grading them against ourselves. When dads grade themselves, often they are grading themselves against their own dads and the dads that they know, which is a very different proposal. I mean... I have heard many times, well, I do a lot more than this guy does or that guy does, and he does, <laughs> but I'm not reading you. mean you. your husband does? Yeah, my husband will. I mean, many of us do, right? Well, I work, a lot, I work a lot harder than this person. I do more than that person. But right, he's grading himself against the guys who golf all day, Saturday and Sunday. And I'm like, but I'm not married to that guy. I don't, you're, right, yeah, right, you're right. right. You I wouldn't do have more chosen than that to guy. marry that dude. But you're grading yourself against something totally different. And again, the also the pipe and slippers thing of 50 50 years ago, like, yeah, you do do more than that, but I'm not, that's not so impressive. I'm not impressed by that. And then the, and then there's the world. Then there's, I used to love flying with my three little kids by myself because I felt like that was the only time I got props. Going through security with a baby and a two-year-old and a four-year-old, 
and carry-ons, people right. are like, whoa, right? <laughs> you finally get the like, are you, are all of those yours? Are you by yourself? I don't know how you do it. I, I used to love hearing that because it was the only time I ever did. And I just felt like it was this quadruple axle of parenting that I had to do to be sort of seen and get like that thumbs up from the TSA lady, as opposed to I have seen, I, I've been there when, you know, when my husband is getting a ticker tape parade for putting my daughter's floaties on at the pool when I'm like coming back from the restroom I'm like that's so nice I just love to see a hands-on dad like you and it's like are you kidding me like that's <laughs> yeah like yes he did something and I guess we shouldn't berate him for doing it but why is it I would why... say berating him for doing it is probably the wrong way to play right right but the but but I think it's okay to also be like what are you like what are you talking about of course you're supposed to take your kids to school once in a while and I think that I think that it leads to tension but i also think that's that's what it's about and i really thought about it like we are just we have different expectations because we're looking at things complete from completely different perspectives right so so this is true right but is the only problem that it bothers us it doesn't bother dads to be graded on a curve it's nice it's nice to get recognition for your work it doesn't seem to bother the world the world finds it completely heart cockles warming to see a dad dressing up in a princess tiara for 15 minutes and doing a tea party is like, you know, worthy of a 60 second commercial. Yeah. A ticker tape parade. Um, and I guess that's, is, is that so bad? Is the only problem with this that we're like, well, wait a minute, what about me? Is that is that the problem with it? And is that enough it's of a problem? It's that problem. And it's the problem that in the big picture, the problem is like, wait, why are dads getting so much credit for these small acts? In the small picture, if you and your husband have really different expectations about what his role is for a dad, it's going to cause problems for yourself. It's true. It does make it harder to, it makes it harder to ask for what you need when every time you say, you know, I really don't want to be the only one to ever load the dishwasher around here you're met with. Well, I do a lot more than, than right. some other fictional person does. I'm like, okay, okay, I guess you do, but I still have a problem. I think that is really difficult. And the expectation of like, I think for modern dads, the idea of what it means to be a good dad is very complicated and difficult. And in previous generations, if the expectation was like, you go to work, you work really hard, you take on all that stress, you make the money, you come home and your slippers are ready and someone has made dinner and you kiss the kids and they go to bed. It's not ideal, but everybody knows their role in that situation. And I think currently, like I've had the same problem with my husband, which is like, it just kills me that you just threw your dirty t-shirt right next to the hamper instead of putting it in. And it's like, <laughs> but he wants some acknowledgement for the fact that like he's getting up, he's making breakfast, he's doing 10 times more than he would have been expected to do 25 years ago. You know, I was So think- do you change the expectation? I don't know. And I, I was thinking, like, I, would I next time should I retort? Well, I do a lot more than my mom did. But then I'm like, oh, do I? I don't think I do. Right. I, I probably do less than my mom did. I do. I, I definitely do. Less I do than less my mom household did. stuff than, than my mom did because my mom was tireless and had zero help. No babysitting. Well, my grandmother lived upstairs. So we sort of always had a. Um, extra set of hands. Extra set of hands. She was not. She was not a you know physically well. Like she she had terrible arthritis. So she she was mostly sitting in on her couch. You know, pretty pretty in one place, but could always play with the baby. You know, help with homework, that kind of thing. Keep keep things going. Um, but my yeah, my mom. I mean, morning till night with the laundry and that. It, it always, always, always. And 
So I do do less than she does because I'm able to outsource and because my husband does some and because, you know, there's there's more modern conveniences. She wasn't scrubbing clothes against a rock, right? But it's like we are the, the the world is shifting towards this stuff being easier and outsourceable. And then it's New York City and, you know, there's every kind of convenience to make dinner time easier. And we've um, talked a lot about on other episodes about this idea of like invisible workload and the idea that like splitting up the household chores is one thing, but there is constantly, I was just leaving. We had just that kind of crazy day yesterday where it was like, friends are coming over and we've got soccer and then we've got to go to baseball and then this and that. And then if their friends are coming at four, then we've got to do this, then all the moving pieces of it. And my husband was working on a construct like a fixer-upper project that needed doing but I was getting in the car with our daughter to take her to Girl Scouts and I remember just looking across the lawn and thinking he has no idea why I'm leaving right now he doesn't know it's Girl Scouts and it's it's annoying to me that he doesn't even know it's Girl Scouts like if it was up to him she would never go anywhere she needs to be and that's that like story starts sneaking in you know and so I think one solution for the problem that we're talking about of like well why our dad's getting all this credit for stuff that seems to us just like a Tuesday 9 a.m. Like, it's like, if you do the things we do in one hour, you get credit as if you've, you know, reinvented the world. We're going to do it for 12 more hours and people are going to be like, she seems kind of uptight, that mom. You know, like we're going to get not only not praised for it, but like the disdain of my teenager being like, where's my cleats? (laughs) How dare you even breathe when you don't know where my cleats are, mom. I think it is something because it is not, because the roles are no longer firmly established, it's something that like you have to manage and recheck in with all the time. Like my sister and her husband both work kind of freelancey jobs. And like, sometimes she's really busy. Sometimes he's really busy, but it's difficult. Like they both work really, really hard. And it, my sister is still doing the lion's share of the like at home work. And my husband and I, and again, like it's time to reset it because we haven't done it in a long time. We used to have like a Sunday hour where we would sit down together and it's like, what is this week going to bring? What are we expecting? What? Where do you need to be? Where do I need to be? Because like my husband just is going on a business trip and he's like, oh, Tuesday, I'll be away. Just FYI. And I'm like, FYI, you know, it's the dress rehearsal that I have to take her. And of course he doesn't know. He doesn't remember it's the dress rehearsal. You didn't tell me that. And he's like, and I'm like, I've got a show that I've had tickets to. Don't you remember? Blah, blah, blah. Now we need a sitter. And I did find myself saying to him, I'm like, if you can't find a sitter, you can't go on your business trip. Like I got dibs on the fact that I can't be there because I have to be at this thing I got tickets for. That is part of a work thing for me. Like, and I found that coming out of my mouth. Like this childcare thing is your problem, not mm-hmm. my problem. But maybe to avoid that slightly fractious conversation in the modern world, it's like we have to treat it like business partners to a certain degree and have some time where you sit down and you're like, all right, what's coming up and what do we need? I'm going to hit you with a truth bomb from a professor of sociology at NYU. Okay. Dr. Kathleen this Gerson. This is not going to go well for the husbands, I can tell. Well, she just says the typical family today is either dual income or a single parent. That's actually, there are actually more of them than there are two parent families, one parent stay at home. Sure. That doesn't surprise me at all. And she says, we are unlikely to return to an era where one worker is enough to support a household. Right. The kinds of secure jobs that once characterized men's work are disappearing and more fluid and flexible ways of working are emerging. That's true. 
and that's good, the fluid and flexible thing, but we're not going back to the way things were. So let's stop talking about the way things were, I guess is my takeaway. Although I think that what you have to recognize is like my parents always tell the story. They met, they got engaged six weeks later, they got married three months later, they were married 49 years. But they met, they were both Irish Catholic kids from New York City. They understood 95% about what their lives would look like just by looking at each other. When we talk about like, oh, the changes and this and that, you have to acknowledge that now I have friends who got married and it's like, he's an African-American guy from the inner city of Philadelphia. She grew up in an evangelical Christian family in the South. They are meeting in Los Angeles and like, they don't have any, you have to build that from scratch. You know what I mean? And so the difference is in talking about the old days of like, well, our expectations, your expectations, what, what your life would look like were set before you got married. Nowadays, it's like me to Rando, get married. You have to start having some of these conversations. Like my husband and I, we got married in the Catholic church and we had to go to pre-Cana, which is like they sit you down and like go through this like, my parents actually did, my parents did something called Engaged Encounter, which was a, like a pre-cana, but it was a weekend, a weekend retreat. My parents used to to run those. We did about- it one day. I went, I goofed on it the whole way. I'm like, I cannot believe we have to do this. It's the stupidest thing ever. And my husband, God bless him, said to him, t- said to me, you know, we're going to spend the day there. Let's just see what we can get out of it. They sat down with us. They asked us all these questions. They were like, what are your expectations about who manages the finances? What are your expectations about who's taking care of the kids? What are your expectations about how you're going to spend the holidays with your different parents? And I thought I would have never asked these questions. And there were some that were clear sailing for us and some that were kind of sticky wickets. And I think in order to avoid the situation where you're like in the space where you're like, I can't believe that I do everything. And my husband puts on a tear for two seconds and gets a ticker tape parade. You and your spouse need to have some conversations about what your expectations are. I feel compelled to say here. So my parents did that for many years. They did these engaged encounter weekends. And my mom told me once that, yeah, once in a while they would have a couple go on the weekend, get in a big fight during the weekend and, you know, not get, not get married. And she said, we always, we never looked on that as a failure. We looked no, on that as, it's a, not. as a good and, and I And outcome. I think, yeah, I just think the core of this issue is about expectations. Like should dad get graded on the curve? They get graded on the curve because so little is expected from them. But if you're in your personal life, if you're, if you have higher expectations for what your spouse should be doing and you're constantly having the conversation of like, you do nothing. What are you talking about? My friend plays golf, 36 holes of golf every weekend. Like that's a conversation you need to get into. And you have to be aware you've talked about this concept, but this Josh Coleman guy who I'm a little mad at because he's the one who said that a move from 15% to 30% of work is like, Hey, like they do a lot more than they used to. Yeah. That same you're like, guy. where's my 50? I'm a little wary. But he, he also says that uh, maternal gatekeeping is a problem in many marriages. Mm, and that's what wow. you were saying about, like, that's not how you hold the baby. That's not how you, you know, make her bologna sandwich. <laughs> that, that you right. have to you have to be be aware of that. And then that, that's sort of creeping into the other, why don't you do more topic. But resentment that they want a ton of credit for doing anything at all can be less than useful in terms of getting them to want to do more. And we've also talked about previously our dog trainer story, which is all about like the dog trainer who does a story about animal training. And in her marriage, she realizes that like the way you train animals is to ignore negative behavior and only praise good behavior. That that's part of what this is. Like if you 
only if the only dialogue going on is like, oh, you want credit for sitting through one tea party? Well, I do. It's not actually going to result in behavior you want. Whereas if you can force yourself to praise all the good behavior, you're going to get better results. But. At the same time, ladies, we feel you. It is totally unfair that they that listen. That it's totally bonkers. Come to it's us. Totally bonkers. Complain to us about it. We get yes. it. Every time you see that viral video of like the dad in dance class, you're like, ugh. I've driven to eighty six thousand dance classes. Right. This guy does one pirouette, and people are acting like he should get be named like because it was like world. Daddy Day. So when we come back, we're going to be joined uh, by Kevin. Madsen, who's a co-host of the Hey Dad podcast, which is a really funny, great podcast. And we're going to we're going to hash this out with him, see what he thinks. We're going to yell at him for being graded on a curve. <laughs> what Kevin doesn't know <laughs> is that we're going to yell at he him. Said, we're just going to ambush him and be like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Should be fun. Tune in for that when we get back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. 
crisp and refreshing without any sugar. This is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate. Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. And now, who does your kid love more, mom or dad, from the What Fresh Hell podcast? Mom carried child for nine long months before enduring the lengthy pain of childbirth. Dad did not do any of those things. Daddy is the best! Mom carefully considers children's well-being and safety. Dad can throw the baby like ten feet in the air. I love daddy! Mom spent 45 minutes last night carefully supervising homework and repeatedly explaining the concept of fractions. Dad spent four minutes last night singing Havana in a hilarious voice. It's totally daddy! Mom lovingly crafts healthy meals made of organic ingredients. Dad invented ice cream for breakfast. Oh, for God's sakes, this is totally unfair. Mom provides unconditional love. Dad provides unconditional love and makes fart noises on command. Daddy, 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 daddy. Amy, I have a question for you. Yes? Is meal prep harder in the summertime? Yeah, Right? You know, because you know we have air conditioning. It's like, oh, it's hot. The oven. You no, know you don't want to cook anything. You definitely don't want to decide what to cook. And I feel like when you lose the anchor of school days, like school is such a routine, which I love the break from. But then my cooking goes out the window in the summertime. And also, it's like it's beautiful out. It's five thirty. It's sunny. It's gorgeous. Who wants to think about it. And now you have to go inside and make dinner. Yeah. You know what the solution to that is, Amy? I think I do. But why don't you it's tell our me? Sponsor for today, Prep Dish. Preftish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service that tells you what to shop for, what to cook in order to make delicious meals for the whole week. They're like healthy, easy meals to prepare. They send you emails. They describe what you're going to buy, how you're going to cook it, and you end up with breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. And a salad. And then they lay out everything. You need a can of chickpeas. You need two pounds of chicken thighs. They, they lay out everything you need to shop for, which is totally easy to plug into Instacart. And it's not weirdo ingredients like salt you can only find in this peak of the Himalayas. It's it's stuff you can find in the grocery store. Right. It's gluten-free. It's paleo. They have option, They have those two options. And then they have something called super fast. Which one do you think I click on usually? Yeah. It's spoiler alert. We're both on super fast. And, and it's healthy. My kids like it. And I really do love the just tell me what's for dinner. Just tell me what I have to do. And then you're, then you're kind of set. What Fresh Hell listeners can get a free two-week trial of Prep Dish by going to PrepDish.com forward slash WFH. That's PrepDish.com slash WFH. It's all lowercase. Prep Dish. Shop once. Prep once, eat stress-free meals all week. Okay, we're back. And with us, we have Kevin Madsen of the Hey Dad podcast. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how are you? We really like your podcast. Tell us about its 
you and your brother and a friend of yours. Is that right? Yeah, it's actually me and two of my brothers uh, oh. and a friend of ours. And we we have had this uh, probably seven or eight year old text message thread that's just it, at first it was just um, stupid stuff we find on the internet and it sort of still is that. But we noticed over the last uh, five or six years as a bunch of us became dads that it also just became sort of a dad flavored uh, text message thread. And at a certain point we were like, maybe this should be a podcast. And so here we are. How old are your kids or kid? Uh, I have three kids. I have a six-year-old boy, a four-year-old boy, and an almost two-year-old girl. Oh, Kevin, you don't even know. You've landed in in a warm bath here. We are both parents to two boys and a girl with almost the same spread, right? Mine Mine are all 18 months apart. So they're now nine, eight, and six. And mine are 15, 13, and 10. So I, I can offer you both yes. a uh, long-range forecast. Amy brings us the wisdom of the ages <laughs> here at What Rochelle Podcast. I Go love ahead. the phrase land, landed in a warm bath as something yeah. that is like welcoming and not not at all jarring and surprising. No. I think no, surprise I baths. Surprise baths would not work for you. Oh my God, the bath yeah. is always my happy place. But it might be, a, I'm not going to lie to you, it might have been a strange thing to say to a strange man. Hey, you've landed in a warm <laughs> bath with us two women we've never met before. <laughs> yeah, my wife will be, um, I don't know, maybe concerned, interested at the very least. Yes, yes. So before you came on to join us, we were talking about you. Um, and our <laughs> Your plans, parenting. And our plans for you. We have a lot of thoughts about you, Kevin. Uh, but we were talking about this idea of dads being graded on a curve. And whether or not dads should be graded on a curve, we've definitely arrived at the fact that dads are graded on a curve. And we think that dads maybe, I don't know, Amy, I think feels very annoyed that dads are graded on a curve. And I feel kind of like, eh, of course they are. Yeah, well, I'm sort of, we, we sort of came to the uh, point of wondering, is the only problem that dads are graded on a curve that moms have a hard time with it? Because dads, dads kind of like it, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin. I mean, I don't. Like I, I would, I think maybe if we're speaking very broadly, sure, I, maybe maybe it's nice and generous to be graded on a curve. But I feel like what's going on is that um, no surprise to anyone on this podcast, or I think anyone who's ever been a person, moms have been the you know primary, sometimes only real parents for since the dawn of time. And there's a whole bunch of sort of cultural factors, I think that. Have, have lined up to start changing that dynamic a little bit. So many more uh, women working, um, which just sort of leaves the the old dynamic of like, hey, dad, you go make money, mom, you raise the kids. Obviously, I think that, that still exists, I'm sure, for a lot of people, but I think more and more that's, that's eroded. And I'm sure there are some negative aspects of that for some people, but I think in general, it's pretty overwhelmingly positive for dads like me, for a lot of my peers, as we have sort of stepped into something resembling equal co-parenting. It's weird because on one hand, I think a lot of us want to be cool dads that are just like, we are equals and there's no reason that you should be doing more than me. But then on the other hand, there's a lot of this like cultural inertia that still pegs moms one way and dads another way. And I will say, even as someone that doesn't doesn't like, at least at least I say I don't like being graded on a curve, I do find myself, you know, there are just like certain tasks for whatever reason, like making lunches for the kids the night before, I find myself feeling like I deserve a gold star, even though my <laughs> wife does that. 
All Every the time. single day. <laughs> what is your situation at home? Like, so what is your work? What does your work life balance look like? Well, my wife and I both work. I have a decent amount of flexibility. I work from home a day or two every week. And then, you know, my kids are in preschool and daycare and, you know, probably similar to a lot of folks with young kids. Yeah, because but... I do think that a lot of the crux of this thing is, and this is a lot of what I was talking about in the first half, the the changing picture, the idea that like back in the day, like dad came home from work, mom had taken care of the kids all day, dad kind of roughhouse with them a little bit, put them to bed. That was the work-life balance. Now it's like, well, if you're both working 50-50, should should the childcare break down to 50-50 at home? Is that realistic? Is that ever going to happen? I will say, we, my husband and I are somewhat close to it, I feel like. But when the babies were little, our, my husband worked out of the house. My husband now works from home. I was at home. I did 90%. He did 10 As As our work picture has changed, his percentage has come up a lot. But we're still not really at 50-50. I just think... And maybe it's just my own opinion. I think if there are external factors like a work schedule or maybe like really early, like if, if a mom is nursing, if there are things that a dad can't do, sure. Like maybe it does need to be skewed one way or the other, but in a situation where both parents work and have similar work schedules and, and commitments, I, I cannot imagine why it shouldn't be 50, 50. And uh, we should have, we should have, we need a hallelujah sound effect. I feel like the sort of the whole hey dad ethos seems to me to be things are different than they used to be and they should be and it's good and it's not it's not just good for our spouses it's good for us and so it's occurring to me listening to you that this is something that should change and not just because it annoys the parent who isn't getting enough attention for what they do but because dads should stop listening to this sort of tired cultural message that they don't have to do that much. Yeah, no, it reminds me, my brother, uh, my older brother who has uh, an almost 18 month old, somewhere in there, he's older than a year, um, you was telling a story. You the ages of your own kids, Kevin. You don't Thank you so much. The ages of your brother's yeah. kids. We've, I've established that as a rule. Like when other people, I talk to other people, I'm like, I barely remember my own kids' ages, so I certainly don't know how old your kid is. <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah, he's older than one. I feel like that's close enough. <laughs> fine, um, fine. You, after <laughs> one, you don't need to know the months anymore, for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he was telling a story on the podcast, uh, I don't know, a few episodes ago, where he was talking about how he was changing his son in a public restroom, and he was like having this fun moment with his kid, and this older gentleman um, sort of walked by and cleared his throat and said, wow, you've really been domesticated. <laughs> and we all we all laughed about it. But mostly, I think what we were all thinking is like, I just feel sorry for that old man. Like, back to what you were just saying, Amy, about it being better for everybody. Like, I genuinely want, whenever my kids are out of the house and I'm sad and miss them, I want to know that I was stuck in the whole time. And I was there in the middle of the night. And I was there, you know, for not just like wonderful quality time moments, but like quantity time 
moments where I, I was just there all the time. I don't want that as a favor for my kids or a favor to my wife. I want it because I think it's like a core part of the human experience. And I don't want to miss out on that just because I'm maybe culture would allow me to just like go sit in my man cave and, you know, <laughs> tousle the kid's hair once in a while and then, you know, give myself a pat on the back for being a good dad. Like, like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I would be missing out. This is, I, I feel like I have to speak. I, I like our like utopian version of the world where we're all doing 50% of everything and everyone's deep in their full human experience of having uh, children. But there is an evolution of roles that makes a lot of sense. Like my dad tells a story about his father, who was a fire chief in New York City, Irish, you know, we're talking yep. about pretty traditional gender roles and pretty traditional lifestyles. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes kind of people <laughs> from the old country. And my dad went to, um, got, decided to wear a wedding ring. And his father said to him, like, why don't you just wear a ring in your nose and let your wife lead you around by it? Like, the idea that a man would wear a wedding ring was oh so gosh. ridiculous oh to him. Like, Oh, like what kind of new man are you wearing a wedding ring? Like how ridiculous. He would really, I have to, I have to give a shout out to my husband who wears a like black silicone rubber wedding ring because he likes to lift weights and he wears a totally ridiculous like gumball machine looking ring because he doesn't want to not wear one. So, you know, times have changed. Times have changed and that's fine. And I also, I think that if, if, and then I remember at some point when we were, uh, we had babies, my husband and my um, brother-in-law came out and they both had like three months old in a baby Bjorn. Like they were walking with the baby strapped to them. And my dad just like looked up from his paper and he didn't say anything, but his face was definitely like, <laughs> not in my day, boys. Like it just, things change for the better and for the worse. And I think it's great to be in the role that you want to be in. And that role might not necessarily be 50-50 for every man and every woman. Yeah, I'm sure I, I want my husband to be 50-50. I, I totally agree. And I think a lot of it is just whatever works inside of whatever your parenting situation is. Um, but I don't know, on behalf of someone who's a dad and someone who probably could maybe get away with being less involved than I am. I feel mm. like when I go through that, it's not like I don't go through weeks or months or whatever when I'm like not as switched on as I should be. Like I'm not happier. And maybe that's, maybe this is just me. I, for me, it's a matter of like looking back on those times and being like, was that a good decision? Like, was I, even if I was just being purely selfish, even if I'm just looking at me, like, was I happier? And I don't know. I usually don't think I am. That's what I was just thinking, listening to that story, like the the dad who's looking at the the younger dad with the baby Bjorn, like, boy, boy, have you been played? Like, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that they're right. It's not so bad to carry your baby around in a baby Bjorn. It's kind of nice. Yeah. But I guess I guess yeah. the point is the it's that it's always your your uh, always your option to do it or not if you don't feel like it. And if you do do it, you're you're just gonna get the the adulating stares of everybody you pass as just being the most unbelievable person. That's also where the culture has shifted. Like it's gone from guys older guys looking at you and being like, oh whatever, like you sure are domesticated, to being like, oh you're amazing, a dad who does something with his kids. Like I think. You, you should not be operating because the culture says you should be operating a certain way. I've had older people say to me when I'm like rolling around the grass with my kids or something like I've had older men say to me, 
I never remember spending time like that with my mom. Like my mom was a disciplinarian who took care mm-hmm. of the house. Like we have gone and we're very lucky to live in a time where like having children used to be a pretty utilitarian proposition. Like you had children to work the land. You had children to help with the business. And you had you a lot of them in case a few of them die because you yeah, want to have exactly. enough kids to work Absolutely. the land. Absolutely. And and I think that the premise of parenting has changed so much that I'm sympathetic to like the older people who are a little bit like, that's not how we used to do kids. Like it has actually changed fundamentally. And so I think it is interesting to have a conversation about like, okay, where do we want it to change to and why? And I think if you're doing anything as a parent, because you're like, this isn't supposed to be my role. That is insane. Like, let go of that. That's not interesting at all. (laughs) But if you say my household is going to be a household where like, I had a very frank conversation with my husband when we got married in which I said, my expectation right now, like I have a sort of artsy background. My expectation is that you are going to support our family. And like our contract is basically you're signing up to support however many children we have. That's our contract. Hopefully I make a million dollars as a podcaster. I win the lottery, whatever. It could change. But my expectation is this. My expectation is part of that is that I may have to do more to take care of our kids. I think a lot of people skip those conversations Mm -hmm. and they get kind of lost in like, wait, where are we now? Yeah. And that's where, like you were saying earlier, if, if you're looking around at what sort of culture is telling you to do rather than being intentional about having that conversations about what works for me, what works for us, what works for you and sort of deciding what that family dynamic work dynamic parenting dynamic needs to be, you're going to get lost because those uh, those sort of cultural stories around what moms do and what dads do are changing super rapidly. And like you said, um, the whole, you know, now if you're spending any sort of like fun time with your kids, especially as a dad, I feel like everybody looks at you like you're some sort of magical wizard that, you know, is doing some phenomenal gift to society. Like, honestly, if I see one more stock photo of like a dad and a kid with like superhero capes looking over some (laughs) majestic vista that talks about the quote unquote super dad, it's just, it's like, it's just another flavor of being condescending. It's like that damning with faint praise thing. The trope of the, of the tea party tiara wearing dad, like that's, it's just another thing. Like, look how amazing he is. Yeah. It's it's condescending. You're right. It's like, that's not, that's not what it's really about. Can you imagine if like that, like super mom and she's just like doing really normal mom things. Like you just wouldn't say that about a mom, but a dad like does like table stakes parenting things. And you know, we give him a parade. And I think that's part of what makes the achieving some sort of like 50 50 dynamic more difficult because if I'm constantly told that I deserve extra credit for doing really normal things, those normal things don't feel normal. They feel like bonuses and they feel like something that I could switch off whenever I want because you know, I don't have to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going way above and beyond every time I do. There's the rub. Tell us about Kevin, the, uh, the Hey Dad subscription box. I think this is a great idea. We just launched a subscription play experience for dads and kids uh, age three to six at heydad.com. Sort of the genesis of that idea was spending time with my kids and being really bored and realizing that maybe a four-year-old doesn't always know what a 34-year-old wants to do. And so every month it's a themed experience where you open up the box and you've got, I don't know, an hour, two hours of 
fun with your kids that's designed with the dad's experience specifically in mind. Everything you need is 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 in the box. So you, there's not going to be a moment where, you know, you're like, okay, all you need is some scotch tape. And you're like, how do we not have scotch tape? And then your kid's <laughs> like, I thought we were going to have fun. And you're like, I feel like yeah. a failure. Um, so that's not the experience you're going for. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going for that. Garments. I feel like a failure. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're trying to minimize garment rending. That's like number one on our, on I our... also think it's interesting because something else about this, I mean, I, I, I tend to be the, um, the voice of not really doom, but like the, like, wait a minute voice. And I do think like there are some dads for whom the 50-50 experience is not ideal, and that's okay. That's like the voice I want to speak to a little bit. And I yeah. think that for a lot of dads, they may feel a little lost in the experience sometimes. And what's the phrase you used before, Amy? The mom, it's like the mom blocker. What did you say? <laughs> the mom blocker. Yes, it's a maternal gatekeeping. Kevin, that's right. the, with, uh, we mm. have a... Uh, the Council of Contemporary Families uses the term maternal gatekeeping for the that's not how he likes his bathwater. That's not how she likes her apple cut up kind of stuff. I think it can be hard for dads to find access points to their kids sometimes. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that a little bit. A hundred percent. And I didn't know that phrase maternal gatekeeping. I have had a hundred conversations with friends where that's what we were talking about, even though we didn't know the term. I kind of like and, mom blocker better, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. mom blocking. But mom yeah. blocked. <laughs> and we talk a lot on the podcast about stories. And I think the story you tell yourself and how that becomes your destiny. And I think the story of my husband's an idiot who can't do anything mm -hmm. helpful and was put on earth to make my life having kids more difficult is a story that creeps into a lot of mom's minds. I'm not mentioning any names, but possibly my own. I think it's great to search for this 50-50 in this new dynamic, but it's kind of like facilitating a relationship that makes sense for dad and kids versus like, I'm the one who knows how the baby is held. And I think the idea of the box is kind of nice. It's like some people might need an extra hand, like facilitating a relationship with their kids. They might not have had a dad who modeled for them, like emotional availability and like rolling around the floor on your kids is a real natural experience. And I think that's such a good point because I come from a place of, I, I grew up in an extremely healthy family. I had a great dad. I, well, my, look at you. Kevin. My wife and I. Smell yeah, you. No, right. but that's the healthy point. Family guy. That's the point. Like I didn't deserve or, earn any of it. I just was born into it. And my wife and I are trying to build that sort of same dynamic in our own house. But I think there are so many dads who maybe weren't born on third base from like a relational perspective, the way that I was, and they just want a way to connect with their kids and they don't feel equipped to do it. Sometimes I think we, I don't know, overemphasize we got to make sure that my four-year-old learns the fundamentals of STEM or whatever thing we're all like <laughs> oh, stressed Kevin, out about that they need to get. You're singing my song right now. Way ahead on, and I think for us, I'm just like, what if my what my kid knew is like, Dad enjoys me, like Dad wants to spend time with me. I think that's so much more foundational to the identity of a kid than like whether I understand I have a toy that teaches me how to code or whatever. Kevin, tell yeah. us about where we can find uh, the box and the podcasts and everything. Hey, Dad. Yeah. So if you go to heydad.com, uh, you can buy it for you or your husband. You can gift it to someone else you know. We've got like all that set up. And if you use the code uh, FRESH, then you get 10 bucks off. Always looking out for our listeners. Awesome. Guys. Guys, I love the Hey Dad podcast. It's really funny. If you enjoy parenting podcasts, which of course you do because you're listening to this one, you should definitely check them out. It's a great podcast. And I, I feel like we solved it. We, we grade dads on a curve. 
we think dads maybe sometimes get a little too much credit, but our takeaway is be the dad you want to be. And more importantly, be the dad your wife wants you to be. Yeah. Or maybe be the dad your kids need you to be. Yeah, no, don't do that, guys. Do the thing I said. Um, be the dad. You gotta stay. Keep your wife happy and stop saying I'm a lot better than than these all these dads used to be because uh, she knows that already and it's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, when your wife's mad at you saying that you do more than your friend who golfs a lot is not gonna go well. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. If you need a bar that's that low, that's that's just kind of pathetic. Yeah, yeah. And you're gonna get a bar to the head, so just don't yeah. say it. Not a good idea. And guys, with that, we're, thank you, Kevin, for being with us for the second half of our show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Love your podcast as well. Margaret, I'll just say really quick as a closing note, I had a conversation with my wife yesterday where I felt like I was channeling you because we were talking about some little relational issue that our kid was having. And I just kept saying, kids work stuff out. We just have to stay out of the way. And I felt like I felt like it was a little bit of Margaret coming out. Wow. My work here is done. My work here is done. <laughs> this Love concludes. That. This concludes. The podcast is over, guys. We're done. I've done it. I've, my mission on earth is complete. All right. Thanks so much, Kevin. Great to talk to you. Thank you. So thanks for listening this week. We want to know what's going on in your household. Are your husbands being graded on a curve of stats? And is it working for you or not? You can join us at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast and join the conversation. Or on Instagram at whatfreshhellcast or on Twitter at WFH podcast. And of course, we're going to put up links to the Hey Dad podcast and some of the research we talked about today. The mom block, what's it called? Maternal gatekeeping. Maternal That'll be gatekeeping. on whatfreshhellpodcast.com. I think we should start making maternal gatekeeper t-shirts and sell them <laughs> online. It might be our next business. So look for those, everybody. But until then, we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you then. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? 
Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.